glorified. Let your name, O Lord, be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. I worship and adore you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We magnify you, Jesus. I love you, and I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for the drawing of your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We open ourselves to you, Father. We open our spirit unto you, Father. We trust in you tonight, the working of your word, the working of your will, the working of your plan. Hallelujah, we trust you. Hallelujah, we trust you. You do all things well. You do all things well, Lord. You are God of righteousness, and we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's wonderful to worship together. I feel a unity of the Spirit here. I'm thankful for that tonight. Praise God. I'm glad you're here. In the house of the Lord. It's hot outside. Thank the Lord. There's air conditioning inside. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You could be seated if you would like to. Um, just a couple of things quickly. Uh, lest I forget. It's been a busy week around here. And... Um, Tomorrow night uh, at 4.30, uh, tomorrow night at 4.30, uh, the sanctuary will be opened. Uh, there will be a gathering together here. The Escaleras and the Santos will be here, and we will be having an event for our youth and hyphen to come. Uh, we will be live streaming NAYC's Friday night service here tomorrow night for youth and hyphen. So please, uh, it will start, again, it will start at 4.30 for people coming together, a time of preparing, and then uh, the service goes live shortly thereafter. So um, if you're dropping kids, getting from work, we understand that, but uh, they will have a great time, and uh, we're asking every young person, hyphen, that comes, please bring $5.00. $5, and you'll have pizza or something to eat afterwards, maybe PB&J, I don't know. But uh, please bring $5. There will be food afterwards, and uh, I think that you'll have a great time, and I believe the Lord will minister to you. So if you're a young person, don't just come going, well, I'm just going to sit and watch. Come to participate in what the Lord would minister, and I believe that great things will happen. Amen? So that'll be tomorrow night, 4.30. We're starting early because of the time difference from where the live uh, event is taking place. 
Amen? Um, Saturday morning, men, Saturday morning, we will be meeting for prayer on the mountain. There is a slight change. We're going to find out how much you want to pray. We will be meeting at the mall parking lot where we met before. If you're not sure, get with somebody that did. We will be meeting at the mall parking lot at 5.40 a.m. 5.40. I know some of you didn't even know that people were up at that time, but no, I'm kidding. 5.40. 5.40. We're moving an hour earlier uh, because of the heat. It's going to be really, really hot that day, and it'll get us an hour of cooler temperatures. And so we will meet at 540 at the latest. We will be pulling out of that parking lot by 545, carpooling and pulling out at 545, and we'll gather on the mountain. We'll have a time of prayer, and uh, then there will be some breakfast. Amen? So we're looking forward to that. Bring your own coffee. Uh, There might be a little bit up there, but, you know. Amen? And if you have not let me know you're going, you need to send me that text like, Quickly, 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 quickly. Amen? Or else we will not count you and you will come and fast and pray. Amen? Amen. We need a number so we know how much food to have. Praise God. Amen. It is wonderful to have Brother Bruce Bartell with us. I mean that. I'm thrilled that he's here. And... Um, I, I was thinking about him today, just knowing he was going to be here tonight, and man, a few years have passed. I don't know how that happens, but there we are, and uh, you know, I can honestly say every time that, as far as I know, every time that we've ended up bumping into each other or spending time, sometimes it was bumping into each other when we'd go down to Stockton, I was moving Joe back home. And uh, we were loading stuff into vehicles, and Brother Bartell came through, and I didn't get much work done. We ended up standing out there and visiting for a little bit. And uh, I, I just so appreciate his spirit. And, you know, there's people you get around, and when you just start talking, there's a flow and an exchange of ministry. And Brother Bartell is one of those people, and I'm thankful for that. I so appreciate that and the privilege of conversation with a friend and a brother. Amen. And I believe the Lord's going to use him to minister tonight to us. Would you open your spirit and would you receive tonight what the Holy Ghost would bring to us through this vessel? Amen. Praise God. Brother Bartell, come. Would you like to be up or down? All right. Amen. Praise God. God bless you, sir. Thank you, brother. Praise Jesus, everyone. Don't look. I caught myself shaving. I'm very conspicuous. I can't hide it. <laughs> it's good to be here in uh, Sela. It's good to be with the Schoonovers and, of course, with the Hearts. And good to see and be with you all here tonight. Isn't God good? Amen. I'm going to go to um, the word of the Lord tonight. (coughs) 
it's my belief and understanding that a vast majority of uh, church members really do want to please the Lord. However, they are self-hindered with anxiety and fear coupled with a genuine lack of understanding as to how to do personal evangelism. They don't want to make a mistake. They want to please the Lord. And so my um, mission tonight is to help remove some anxiety and fear and help adjust our thinking and understanding more away from more of a traditional aspect to perhaps more of a biblical understanding in regards to uh, soul winning and evangelism. Uh, Hosea chapter 4 and verse number 6 is one of my uh, favorite scripture verses. And uh, it says this, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It doesn't say they're destroyed for a lack of anointing. Come on, let's pray. No, it's not for lack of anointing, not for a lack of enthusiasm. It's not for a lack of uh, desire. The Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The word knowledge there means cunning awareness. They're not aware. My people are destroyed. They're not understanding the bigger picture. I believe we have lots of zeal, lots of desire, lots of anointing. We need a little bit knowledge. And the knowledge comes from the Word of God, John 17, 17. Uh, one of my favorite scripture verses. We're going to memorize it right now. John 17, 17 says, Thy word is truth. Together. Thy word is truth. You just memorized a verse tonight. Amen. That's a foundational, it's a fundamental scripture verse for us to understand. When, we're, when we want truth, we desire truth, we want to find out what is what, which way up, which way left, we go to the word of God. It's not our feelings. It's not what we think, it's not what we believe, it's not what mom and dad says, it's what the Word of God says. Thy Word is truth. So we go to the Word of God to find out what we should feel and what we should think and believe. Another uh, important scripture verse that we're familiar with, uh, Proverbs 11 and verse number 30, you're familiar with it. It says, he that winneth souls is wise. The word winneth there means intelligent and skillful. He that winneth souls, he that is intelligent and skillful, will win souls. Now, that word winneth is, all, uh, is, uh, is literally translated taketh, or to take, to grasp, to take hold of. It's the exact same word that is used with Noah when Noah took hold of the dove. Now, he didn't win the dove. <laughs> he took hold, but the same word. And so the connotation here is that we reach out and lay hold of individuals in an attempt to help adjust their trajectory from a hellbound to heavenbound. Jesus said that to Peter in Luke chapter 5 and verse number 10. Thou shalt catch men. You've been catching fish. You've been reaching out and grabbing hold of fish. 
I want you to reach out and grab a hold of people, grab a hold of souls. You're going to be a soul winner. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. The word wise there means thoughtful and intelligent, cunning and... I think maybe the Lord is trying to give us some understanding that in this aspect of being a follower of Jesus, we, we need to understand some things. We need to understand some things. And so my, my premise tonight is that a person's walk to and with God is progressional. A person's, an individual's walks to and with God is progressional. That means it's a forward and an onward progression. Isaiah 28 and verse number 10 says, uh, For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon... I'm not repeating, that's what it says. Here a little and there a little. There is some progressional things that take place. So on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the place where someone gets born again of water and of the Spirit, your contact with a person may be a 2. They may be in their progressional walk with or to the Lord might be a 2. And we meet them and we want them to receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized. Hallelujah! But they're at a 2. And, and we can help them to a three, maybe a four. And we leave and move away and we're feeling, I failed. Because they didn't get baptized. They didn't get the Holy Ghost. That's traditional understanding. Our job is to help people in their progressional movement forward towards God. If they're at a two and we helped them to, the th to, do, uh, to a three, we've done the will of God, and we've done great things in that person's life. There's no need for us to beat ourselves up and feel guilty or that we're a bad person or we did wrong because we didn't get to them to a ten. We got them from a two to a three. That's good. Amen. That's wonderful. Or we got them from a six to a seven or an eight to a nine. Close. And we want to rush to that 10. I like 10. But guess what? You didn't go from 0 to a 10. Somewhere along the line, someone added a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, line upon line, precept upon precept. Someone shared with you. Someone invited you. And over a process of time, through God's mercy and your willingness... You got to attend. Hallelujah. And so if it took you some time to get to attend, we have to allow others time to get to attend. At the same time, we don't want to beat ourselves up because they didn't get to attend. You understand what I'm saying? So our responsibility is to be faithful with my contributional step in their process. My responsibility is to be faithful with my contribution in their process. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 2. 
Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. God does not require nor expect you to do something that you are unable to do. However, God does expect and require you to be faithful in what you can do. You can't do what you cannot do, but you can be faithful in the, the little aspect of going from a one to a two or a three to a four, whatever that is in the process in that person's life. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 10. He that is faithful in that which is least is also faithful in much. And he that is unju unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Understand this in the natural. When we understand, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You cannot go from grade 3 to grade 12. I'm trying to help somebody right now. You got to go to grade 4. I, down here they say 4th grade, don't they? I'm a foreigner. But you can't, you cannot go. After you get to the 4th grade... You've got to pass the fourth grade and then get to the fifth grade. And then to the... We understand that in the natural, but in the spiritual, we think that as the moment I talk to somebody, they ought to go from zero to a hundred. And if not, I did something wrong. Or maybe I missed the will of God. You may have done the will of God by having them go from a zero to a one. That's the big step. From nothing to beginning the process and their progressional step towards God. I can celebrate that. I can rejoice in that. Our understanding, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. Our understanding is that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. That's the, that is uh, our understanding, that God is wanting and willing that all come to repentance. John chapter 6 and verse number 44, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. This whole process is a God thing. Understand, but traditionally, I go out and I soul win. It's what I'm doing. That's traditional. That's not Bible. Bible is God does his thing and we participate with what God's doing. This, this responsibility is on his because this is his church. My responsibility is to be faithful in contributing in, the, in that person's process, whatever that might be. God is at work. The Bible says, and who shall let him? All we have to do is work with the Lord in that whole process of what he is doing in that individual's life. Praise God. Otherwise, otherwise, we have a misunderstanding. Because we can pray for the lost and pray for the lost and pray for the lost. And my question is, so... Do you have a greater burden than God does? Don't you think God wants to save them? So why should you take on God's responsibility? 
He's not willing that any should perish. He loves them more than you do. So why should I put that guilt on me? And I carry the burden of Selah. This is, this is about him. This is what he's doing, not me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 4. For we are laborers together. Say together. together. We are laborers together with God. God does his part as we do our part. Because God uses mankind to preach the gospel. God doesn't use angels. God doesn't use angels. God uses, so we do our part as God does his part. 1 Corinthians 1 and 21. It pleases God by the foolishness of preaching or proclaiming, not that you get it behind a pulpit and you carry a pulpit around the town, but it's the aspect of proclaiming. By the foolishness of preaching, proclaiming to save them that are lost. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 14 says, How shall they hear without a preacher? Without someone to proclaim to them. So the Bible tells us that we are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the good news that we have been given to us. We are to share with others. Are you with me? Mark chapter, am I going too fast? You just listen fast. Uh, Mark chapter 16 and verse number 20. And they went forth preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the, sign, the word with signs following. They did their part and God does his part. And as we do our part and God does his part, the Bible says signs following. Because it's a togetherness. It's a teamwork, God working with man. God working with man. If God doesn't need man, human beings, then Scripture's wrong as far as without a preacher, you can't be saved. And He's not going to use angels. Acts chapter 14 and verse number 27. And, they were, when, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed. All that God had done. What, is, what does that mean? They rehearsed all that God had done. It's called a testimony service. <laughs> they rehearsed. They testified of what God was doing. That's what that is. They rehearsed what, uh, what God had done with them and how, they had and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And so they, they were just testifying. Not what I did. Did you see what I did? The door that I knocked on? No, no, it's not about me. But we testify about what God is doing, and we get the opportunity to participate with what He's doing. Praise God. You may have heard the story of the uh, farmer that ha had this beautiful, huge crop of corn. And uh, he, he, uh, a preacher came by and was admiring the beautiful, huge crop of corn and was talking to the farmer and said, man, look at what God has done here. And the farmer said, you should have seen it when God had it by himself. 
That's, the, that's, what we're talk, that's what we're talking about in the scripture. We're working together. Say together. We're working together with the Lord. It's not about what I can do. It's not about how many doors. It's not about all that I am able to do. If we do it in the flesh, it, end, it will not end up having eternal dividends. We do what we can do so God can do what God can do. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. Paul says, I have watered, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Somebody has to plant, somebody has to water, so God can give the increase. We do our part. You can't get to a 10 without them being from a 9 or an 8 or a 7 or a 6 or a 5. So when someone goes from 0 to 10, 10 they get the new birth, born of water and spirit. Which link is more important? There is no one link that's more important than the other. All are important and essential in the process of what's God doing in that life. You do your part so that God can continue. All you may do is help one person go from a three to a four, and you may never see them again. And traditionally, we beat ourselves up because we didn't. You did your part. You have no idea where that person's going to go and who's going to add from the four to the five and the five to the six. And we won't know until the trumpet blows to find out, wow, look who's here. But I didn't get them to attend. That wasn't your place. You're supposed to help to get them from a three to a four. I have to do what only I can do. So God can do what only he can do. I'm not supposed to be a spectator in this process. I'm supposed to be a participator. So my, co my point, my main point here is literally and technically can a farmer grow corn? Literally and technically, can a farmer grow corn? Let's look at the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse number 5. Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Verse 7, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. We are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Can a farmer literally, technically grow, go, grow farm, uh, grow corn? No, he cannot. All he can do 
dig a hole and plant a seed. So why should we beat ourselves up when someone doesn't get to attend? We don't know what God's doing in that person's life. We don't know the bigger picture. Oh, that hurts a little bit on the ego because I can't tell you how many times I, how many people I want to the Lord. <laughs> but see, God's not interested in your ego. God's not interested in every where we want. Oh, look at Brother So-and-so. Man, this is a powerful guy. It's, it's, not, it's not about the person. It's about our being involved in what God is doing. Um, Matthew 13. You see how God wants, how this works together as a team. In, in, uh, in basketball, you work together as a team. In any sport, you work together as a team. Anybody ever heard of show-offs? <laughs> Ball hogs? We understand that in the business and the sports you don't understand that in the, in the church world, a thing called synergy, which means synergy means what we can do more collectively than we can individually. When we understand teamwork, we're not competing. There's no competition here. Because everyone is different and has a different calling, a different place. So in, in Matthew chapter 13... We have the parable of the sower. You're familiar. A sower, uh, behold, a sower went out to sow, Matthew 13, 3. However, we jump into Matthew 13 about the sower went out to sow, and we forget that uh, uh, chapters and verses weren't necessarily inspired nor in the original. And so if we go up just a few verses in the, in the chapter before, we see a continuing thought process that brings us to Matthew 13, that our sower went out to sow. And so in this chapter before, Jesus is told, your mother and your brethren are outside. And Jesus says, who is my mother? And who is my brother? Matthew 12 and verse number 50. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. It's not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. Are you with me? It's not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. So Jesus tries to teach this principle to his followers and then he, he's in the process, he illustrates this principle with Matthew 13. And says, a sower went out to sow. And you, you can, you're familiar with that. There's the uh, wayside, the stony place, the thorny place, the good ground, the hard ground, the uh, uh, superficial ground, super sensitive ground, self-centered ground, sincere ground. All sorts of ground. 
the hard-hearted, hollow-hearted, half-hearted, honest-hearted. So I asked myself the question, okay, this is just me, I ask. Why would, why would you throw seed on hard ground? You got good ground over there. Why not sow seed on the good ground? Why would you throw seed on thorny ground? Anybody ever thought of that? Ever asked? I asked that question. Because it's not our place to judge the soil. That's between them and God. You don't pick and choose. You are faithful with your responsibility to sow the seed on whatever soil is around you. The sower went out to sow. He didn't pick and choose. He didn't say, well, I don't think you're going to last, so I'm not going to spend any time with you. And I don't think you're going to be interested, so I'm, you know. When, when I was pastoring, I determined every single person that walks through that door, I'm going to do my very best to be the greatest uh, spiritual person to help them. They're, they are leaders in the church. They just walked in. I, it's not my, I'm not going to pick and choose. Listen to me. I'm not going to pick and choose and say, you know, I don't like the way your hair looks. Why did I pick on hair? <laughs> no, because you're going to qualify or disqualify yourself. I'm not going to put you in a box and say, okay, no, uh, you know, you're not going to be a leader. Oh, oh, yeah, this is a leader. No, because I don't know what the ground is. My responsibility is to be faithful, to help whomsoever will. And you will, over a process of time, qualify or disqualify yourself. That's between you and God. So our plan of action, having said all that, I know I've gone quickly here. So our plan of action that God gave me, and that is to play tag in church. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Tag, talk about God. Talk about God, bringing a God awareness into everyday situations and everyday life. T-A-G. And if I, if I knew I, I'd have a little button, I had little buttons here that said tag. I wear one, uh, I'm a barista, so I wear one in the coffee shop, tag. Sometimes it doesn't do anything, sometimes it, they ask me about it. So, let me keep going. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse number 1. It says, Cast your bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. The word cast there means to send, to get rid of. The word here gives a connotation of movement. Cast the bread upon the water, which means do something. Do something, and after many days, it shall come back again. You will reap if you sow, but if you do not sow, you will not reap. Jesus said, I will build my church. 
How does God build His church if we don't work with Him? Think about it. God uses people. God doesn't use angels. It doesn't say abracadabra, shazam, there's a saint right there. Shazam, there's a saint right there. He works people. He works with people. Be so, behold, a sower went out to sow. Anybody, let's practice. Some of you aren't working with me. <laughs> Anybody can do that. So tag, talk about God, it's throwing the seed out to whomsoever will. What am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, Monday morning at work. And they say uh, about their weekend, and what kind of weekend did you have? Tag, talk about God, bringing a God awareness into everyday conversation and everyday life. Oh, we had a great church service. And if the door opens, we continue. If the door doesn't open, I can talk about the weather. <laughs> I'm not forcing this. I'm not pushing this. How do you feel? How do you feel? Where's a good big Bible? How do you feel if I come to your door with a great big Bible? You find me anywhere in Scripture where it talks about we're salesmen. So I don't want someone to come to my door and start shoving something down my throat. So what makes us think, because we've got the Holy Ghost, that we should shove it down somebody else's throat? When Jesus says, whomsoever will may come. So I'm not pushing, I'm not forcing, I'm not trying to put a square... A peg in a round hole. I'm just trying to work with Jesus. Because Jesus knows who they are. I don't. Jesus knows what kind of soil it is. I don't. But I'm not going to pick and choose on who you are or who I think you are, whether I'm going to sow a seed or not. So I'm just going to throw something out. And if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. I'm in the bank. And you've, you've done, some of you have practiced this in a... Uh, subconscious way. I'm in the bank and, and there's a teller. This happened. And uh, the teller just looked like she was not well. And uh, she was having a cold and she wasn't feeling very well. And, and so I began to query with her uh, as far as you know what's happening. Oh, this has gone on for a long time. And, and, uh, and, and I just listen. Some people just need to talk a little. And as she, I was talking, I mean, as she was talking, I was listening, I was being empathetic. I got Jesus, and Jesus loves people. I'm just trying to love this person. Let Jesus shine through me. And, uh, and so I just felt a little prompting of the Holy Ghost. I said, do you mind if I pray for you? And she looked at me, and we, she said, yeah. So I reached through the teller, back when you could touch people. <laughs> I just reached through, grabbed her hand, and just said a simple prayer, kept my eyes open, didn't start talking in tongues, <laughs> just said a simple prayer, asked Jesus, touch this person. And she had a name tag, called her by name, touch her, put a hedge of protection. I speak your healing virtue into this body, Jesus. Be real to her and show yourself real to her. 
she was just weeping and grabbing the tissue, looking around and just weeping. I don't know what is happening in her life. I don't know what God is doing in her life. But someone touched her for Jesus. I don't know if that helped to go from a three to a four, from a six to a seven, in her awareness, in her progressional step, and walk towards God. I don't know. And I'm not going to sit there and, and, and try to investigate because that's not my place. My place was to sow the seed. Say tag. Talk about God. So in our everyday life, we're not Bible thumping. <laughs> Sorry, I'm we're not Bible thumping. We're not forcing anything. We're letting our light shine among men so that our Father can be glorified. And so as opportunity comes, because they're always talking about their day, why don't you talk about your day? How are you doing? Doing great. I had a great prayer this morning. If it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. If it doesn't, it's fine. I planted a seed. And everyone, we can do that, you know. And, and, and it's like, you know, I've used this before. You know, we're in the restaurant, and it's time to eat. And Thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. Now, I don't have to stand up on the chair and say, Oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. <laughs> That's a little bit like I'm trying to shove Jesus down somebody's throat. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am who I am. This is what I do. Before meals, we're going to bow our heads and pray. I don't know who's looking. I'm not hiding this. But I'm not thumping them. I'm just trying to let my light so shine among men. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 8 says, Freely you have received, freely give. Hallelujah. Has God been good to any one person here? One, two, three, more, five. So as God's been good to us, we just, we just let that goodness shine out around us. God's been good to me, and, and, and I can't hold it on. I just want to shine, and, and someone's being miserable because lots of people are miserable all around. I, I don't want to be miserable. And sometimes not being miserable kind of stands out. What are you? I'm playing tag, and they don't even know I'm playing tag. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, uh, there is... There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat. But it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, where there is blessed. The liberal soul shall be blessed. And he that watereth, watereth shall be watered also himself. So I'll tell you who grows, who's growing in this church. The person who's growing this, this church is the person who is a giving, sharing person. They get blessed. They want to bless others. They give. I'll tell you someone who's dying spiritually. They keep it all to themselves. 
that are focused entirely on themselves. The principle is Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Period. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you. It's the same measure. You give stingily, God gives stingily. You bless liberally, God blesses liberally. So think about it as a, as a, a window. There's a window in heaven. Now, I want that window to be a day window. And I determine the size of that window based on my attitude and my liberality. You see what I'm saying? I give. Financially, I give of my time. I give of my emotions. I don't mind just sowing a seed. I'm going to play tag. Just bring a God awareness. And you'd be surprised all of a sudden. I have call, telephone conversations with complete strangers. I listen. And I just bring in and uh, uh, mention something about the Bible or a scripture verse or prayer or church. And all of a sudden, the conversation begins to go in a different direction. We can do this. We can do this. Uh, James chapter 2 and uh, verse number 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man and woman? Uh, in the modern language, it would be, hello. <laughs> Faith without works is dead. For as the body, verse number 26, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. You say you have faith in God, but you don't let your light shine. I'm wondering what kind of light is that you have. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Ain't nothing coming up in the bucket. There's nothing much in the well. Uh, Acts chapter 3 and verse number 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. That's a good apostolic. Uh, but such as I have, give I thee. Such as I have, give I thee. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be a Bible school graduate. All you have to do is someone who loves Jesus. Hello? All you have to do is have something down on the inside, a love for Jesus, and to let that, that, let that spirit shine out to those around about. Such as, I, such as I have, give I unto you. I've never done this before. It's never been recorded before in Scripture. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Was down the well comes up in the bucket. Um, so talk about God, bringing a God awareness. Uh, soul winning and interaction with the lost come out of a person's spirit. Okay. This is not necessarily out of your mind. This is not a a program. This is not methodical. Let's go down every street, and and block this out. Plain tag is what comes out of your spirit, not out of your mind. Our responsibility is to be faithful with my contributional step in their 
process. Our responsibility, and this is Bible, no doubt elder has said this, uh, our responsibility is to pray, pray, pray the prayer of faith. We don't heal. That's God's responsibility. Well, what happens? What happens? I, I don't know. It's not up to me. That's what God does. I'm not God. Did, did you catch that? Because we begin to think, if they don't come to church, if they don't get baptized, then, then something's wrong with me. Are you God? You do your part so God can do His part. You can do everything in a process. You can wear yourself out and beat yourself up. And I do not believe that's the will of God. Traditional soul winning is guilt-based. And you're guilted into uh, doing things which you're uncomfortable doing. God wants you to be you. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need to understand the process of what God is doing. Now, if you're ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you want to keep your mouth shut. But if you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and Jesus has done one thing good for you, why don't you want to tell somebody? Soul winning, listen, soul winning is, been, is meant to be relation-based, not guilt-based. Soul winning... And involved in, in the process is about the overflow and outflow of what's on the inside. If there's nothing on the inside, then there will be no overflow or outflow. But if I have a relationship with Jesus, then it's, it has to flow outward. So I coined this, people touching God, reaching people. Just people touching God, touching God. And as you're touching God, you just, you just automatically want to reach out to somebody. And, and as you play tag and, and, and someone just is not interested, go on to the next one. If they don't want it, then they don't want it. That's that You can't force somebody. What makes us think that we've got to do it? We're not God. So we just sold the seed. I don't know where he's, where he's at. Nothing personal. I'm not prophesying here. <laughs> we don't know where that person's at. You know. And I've done enough preaching to know that someone can sit there just as, look as stone cold. But you don't know what's going on in their heart on the inside. Okay. Again, you don't judge the soil. Don't judge the outside. And so I cast a stone and, and, and they maybe cuss back or tell me get lost. Okay, that's fine. I don't know what God's going to do in that person. I don't know if God's going to prick their heart or if God's going to remind them of their grandma or God's going to remind them of their bad place and where they're at. I don't know. I'm not taking this personal. This isn't my gospel. I can't save anybody. I'm just throwing... Come on, let's practice again. I'm just throwing seed. I don't, I, don't I, don't I don't know what the soil is. I, I, I can do that. Thank you. There's two. There's two. There's three. Four. 
It's, it's easy. Anybody can do it. We just sow the seed. I'm not ashamed. I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. What, what, what happened there? I don't know what happened. It's not, my, it's not my responsibility to know everything. Hello? It's not my responsibility. I'm not God. I'm just throwing the seed out. Well, what happened? What happened? I don't know. I just did my part. Uh, uh, the Bible calls Noah preacher of righteousness. The preacher of righteousness. He preached for 120 years and didn't get one convert. But he did his part and eight were souls were saved. Uh, there's the other illustration here I can give you. Um, uh, um, uh, Galatians. I need to hurry. What time is it? Galatians chapter uh, uh, 6 and verse number 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Yeah, but I've been doing this for how long now? It's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. Yeah, but how many years? How many decades? It's not my responsibility. You understand? It's not my place. I'm not going to feel guilty over it. Mark chapter 20 and verse uh, 16 and verse number 20. And they went forth and preaching everywhere, 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 everywhere. They didn't pick and choose. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs and following. Mark chapter 16, that's 20, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Ain't nothing going to follow you if you don't get out and do something. How do you know what God will do if you don't tag somebody? Just bring a little bit of a God awareness. We talked about testimonies on the different things, different process in which God kept on planting seeds. I'm positive that we could look at some of you in times gone past and go and say, that's a lost cause. Don't judge soil. You can't judge people. You don't know. Um, uh, Matthew chapter 15. Uh, you understand uh, kingdom principles as given to us in parables. Parables are earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 1. It says... Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Uh, among other truths within that scripture verse, the one truth is you keep it, uh, use it or lose it. Man, I could stay right there for a while. I just use it or lose it. Our responsibility, if, you want, if you're going to keep the Holy Ghost, keep what God's doing, keep that freshness, keep that uh, uh, validity in your spirit. No one wakes up, oh, I think I'm going to backslide today. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, they lost it over a process of time. We don't keep that freshness, something newness. You won't play tag. If there's nothing down in the well, you're not going to want to play tag. But if there's anything down there, you know when the door is open. You know when, when, when someone asks you a question or makes a comment and there's an opportunity just to throw out a seed. Uh, I'm, I'm hurrying. So in this pair of Matthew uh, 25, number of parables, verse number 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling in a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Verse 15. He gave five talents, two talents, and one talent. You know the story. To every man according to his several ability. Ability, the word there, ability means doing power. Able to do. And so each and every one of us have some talents, gifts, and abilities. Otherwise, why would you be here? And why would God save you? And why are you still breathing? So he gives everybody, and it's not ours to compare ourselves among ourselves, because we're not competing. We are participating in what he's doing. And so God invites and places you into the body for a reason. You have something to offer. And as we exercise our gifts and abilities, and as we are faithful in the little, God gives us more. Spiritual, spiritual growth. Anybody want to grow? Spiritual growth has nothing to do with intellect or time. Someone can be in the church for 10 years and a new convert can come in and in three months they have surpassed and they're being used in the church. It has nothing to do with time. It has nothing to do with intellect. Spiritual uh, maturity is, is, a, is a direct result of obedience. The faster you learn to obey, the greater God will gift you, enable you, and direct you, and use you. Amen? Oh, no, I just put that in. Um, verse in, the, in this parable, uh, verse 21, 23, uh, you understand the, the parable. One was given five. And uh, he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've given five. I'll give you five more. One was given two. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Say faithful. faithful. That's all God calls us to do. That's all. Just be faithful. And then he comes to the, to the person that was given one talent. Verse number 25. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. When you ever see, the, well, not all the time, but in this connotation, the word earth there is symbolic of flesh. I was afraid and went and hid my talent in the flesh. I was fleshly, carnally, naturally minded. Verse 26, and the Lord answered and said unto him, thou wicked and slothful servant. 
verse 30, and cast ye the unprofitable servant, the word unprofitable is useless, into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Um, Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so tag is something that you can play every day, all day, any day. And I looked it up, and uh, the word go is mentioned 1,492 times. 1,492 It's an easy one to remember. Columbus. It's 1,492 times the word go is mentioned. God is interested in us going and being involved in the process. And if you haven't noticed, two-thirds of God is go. God wants us to be involved and be a participator, not a spectator. And I won't take the time to walk down the road as far as faith. Faith is a verb. Faith is about going, doing. You cannot say you have faith in God and do nothing. At best, that's trust. You trust God. But if you say you have faith in God and do nothing, you're kidding yourself. Because faith without works is dead. So our, our mission, Luke chapter 19, verse number 10. For the Son of Man, I love this verse. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. Seeking is about evangelism. Saving is about discipleship. It's my persuasion that you need to be involved in one or the other. Seeking or one, one, in seeking and saving. Either in evangelism or discipleship process. That's what his mission was, to seek and to save that which was lost. We all have our abilities. Some do better natural in some areas than other areas. But we can all play tag. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Bartell. Praise God. Ready to play? Oh, I know you are. Amen. I'm encouraged by these things. I, as you were sharing that, sorry, force of habit, I opened my Bible, made you guys nervous. Um, I was, we're, we're all human, right? And so we've talked even these last few weeks about feeling pressure of performance, but God not calling us to that. And you heard this thread of not competing and these things. The Lord is talking to us. He's equipping us to do our part. My brother Ethan reminded me as Brother Bartell was talking about those things of uh, some of you have heard me share stories about one of my coworkers 
and times the door opens and man, we can start having some conversations. And, um, we were talking one day and he finally said, and this is what really Ethan reminded me of. He said to me, Joel, I can't take any more right now. He was receiving. He was open. He said, I can't take any more right now. Um, and I'm not saying that bragging like, man, I was really giving him a lot. I, it was like, man, I need to recognize that, right? Sometimes we want to dump the, right? People are drinking out of a straw, and we want to get the fire hose, <laughs> right? We've been studying all the kings and the kingdoms and all of the first and second kings, and we want to walk them through all of that stuff, and they're like... blowing them away I was I was marked you know the simplicity of the gospel still works I mean there's a time for teaching you understand and going into the deeper things of the word of God or more detail in the word of God I'm not against that I think we all understand that but we must be careful right sometimes we want to unload what we know I'm guilty of that we want to unload what we know, and that's not what we're talking about tonight. Not unload everything I know. Have a sensitivity to the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying right here? Right? What would the Spirit? This is why some of you have heard me say this. It's why I make a terrible Bible study teacher, like one-on-one -on -one sometimes. And I'm like, you just want to tell them everything. No, 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 just... I was reminded during VBS these last three days with these kids, I was listening to Sister Jasmine each day teaching the simplicity of the gospel, just did a tremendous job. And I was sitting there, and I'm hearing that, and I was just saying, thank you, Jesus. I don't want to lose a love for the simplicity of what you've done. And for a child, they can receive. Right? And he said, except you have faith as a child, you can't even... And so, last thought that just went through my spirit, where he started about doing our part, doing our part, doing our part. We really do have it, we want to take them all the way, don't we? There's something about just trusting I did my part, knowing when, okay. I, um, there's been, some of you here, there's been times where you've been, faithful in teaching a Bible study and we've had a conversation I said I think maybe you're done there maybe I didn't say it quite that way but we had a conversation about I think maybe that Bible study's done because people weren't really receiving anymore but there's something in you that wanted to take them all the way and you're spending time and energy and effort I thought of Acts chapter 8 we all know it. Philip was there in Samaria. He was preaching the word. He was baptizing people in Jesus' name. The Lord was using him and working through him to heal the sick. There was The Bible says there was great joy in that city. But nobody was receiving the Holy Ghost. Often wondered how Philip felt about that. I mean, nobody was receiving the Holy Ghost. 
We hear that and we think, oh, man, poor Philip, you know. We missed the part. There was great joy in that city. And then Peter and John come. I think Philip was excited Peter and John were coming, don't you? Peter and John show up. Here's all the people that, I don't know what they looked like in their house where they met. It, it had to be houses, right? There wasn't a church building yet in Samaria. They were meeting in houses or wherever. Peter and John show up. Philip's taking them around to houses. Peter and John start laying hands on people. They start receiving the Holy Ghost. I sort of picture Philip back here going, oh, I'm thankful, Lord. Is that too real? I mean, I, here, here's, this is what happens to us, right? Well, well, I'm going to be Philip, okay? Well, God, I'm thankful. I, I'm really, I'm, God, I'm thankful. I, there's a part of my humanity that wonders why. why. Like Brother Bartel said, what, what was I doing wrong? I, Philip, you baptized people. The Lord used you to, to heal people. He worked. But our human nature looks at what God didn't use us for. That's the work of the adversary. Don't look at what God did with you. Don't, don't praise God for what he's done with you. Look at what he did with somebody else that he didn't do with you. And then compare. And that's the adversary. Right? Peter and John are there laying hands on people. They're getting the Holy Ghost pill. It's like, wow. And you want to see what the mercy of the Lord did and the love of God did? He sent an angel to Philip and said, Philip, I'd like you to leave. I've often wondered if there was more to that than just the Ethiopian. I really have. I've wondered at times. Philip, I'm not going to let the adversary destroy your mind. And beat you up because you're watching all these people that I've used you to work with. And you've done your part. And so rather than me leave you here and watch Peter and John and what I've called them to do and the anointing I've put on them, the gifting I've put in their lives because of keys I've given. Philip, I've got another part for you to do. And you know what? He went out in the desert. He met the Ethiopian eunuch. He started doing his part. He told him, here's water. What doth hinder thee to be baptized? He baptized him and then what? And Philip was gone. Well, well, surely this is the one where Philip will stop and we read he'll lay hands on him and he'll receive the Holy Ghost. No. After he baptized him, he was caught away. Philip did his part in Samaria. It seemed like Philip really was made by God for a certain part. So rich, thank you. So rich, thank you. All of us can receive from this. Right? We, sometimes we so much want to do another part. Right? Here's the reality. Well, if I, if I take, using his example, if I take them all the way to attend, if I take them all the way to get in the Holy Ghost, that validates me.
That means I, and that's probably why the Lord doesn't let it happen. So I want to do my part. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stand together tonight. Could we thank the Lord for this precious word? Lord, thank you tonight for the ministry of your word. Thank you for the vessel you have sent to us to impart this word. I pray deliver us from every comparison, competition, every pressure of performance, those things that are not of you. And I pray a boldness in our speech, a boldness in our speech, a recognition and an awareness, and by your grace to do our part. In the name of Jesus, 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 thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why don't you go ahead and sit down for a second. In the book of Genesis, at the 18th chapter, at the 20th verse, and the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. God described that there was a cry that came up to him from Sodom. Yet we know the historical account. There isn't anybody in Sodom seeking God. But what we do know is when God created man, he breathed upon him. And man became a living soul. The soul of a man is the eternal part of us from God. The soul of a man is the only thing in man that will live on beyond the grave. I remember when I was led to a altar in a church after they had shared with me about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and that when I prayed through there was something inside that said I feel like I'm home now one writer said as the heart panteth after the water brook so my soul Panteth over after thee, O Lord. So we know that in the makeup of our humanity, whatever is derived as the soul of a man is that eternal part 
I think it was David that said, we are his offspring. So being a soul and an offspring from God that makes him my maker. Many people come into this world with no consciousness of it. No, uh, no identifying of it until the soul comes into contact with a Holy Ghost filled being. Now, how do they know they've come into, well, they don't. This, my wife and I were in the car the other day, leaving town. There was a couple of bugs on the windshield on her side. She said, would you mind if we pulled in to a gas station and would you clean that windshield? I said, sure. Went out here, pulled in behind gas pumps. Our tank was full. We didn't need to pull onto the island, but I pulled behind a vehicle. And there was a woman and two kids that got out and went inside the store. And I was kind of waiting to see who would get out on the driver's side so I could express to them, I don't need any gas. I'm just cleaning the windshield for my wife. And a person appeared. I had to really look hard to see if this was a, a woman or a man. And then I made my expression. I don't need any gas. My wife wanted me to get the bugs off of the windshield. Now, this is the zero to one. I didn't say anything to her about God. I think it was a her. I didn't say anything to her about anything spiritual. But I opened my mouth and made an expression. Now, there's times when you feel like when you've spoken, you've released something. Now, being a spirit-filled believer, there's something there. And there was something released. Now, the soul of a being, if they've never come into contact with their maker, all of the sudden, there's some, what, what was that? Climbing back into the truck, what? We never know. How many people in our world, there is a cry of their soul for its maker. Now, you talk about going from the, you know, negative two to negative one, possibly. Many years ago, I was a negative two when I hired a Dean Haberfield. And he would, you know... Brother Larry, let me tell you a scripture in the Bible. And he would drop these scriptures on me on the job. And I would, you know, follow up with four-letter <laughs> propaganda. 
And then I would go home and buy a half a rack of beer and uh, lay in my bed and proceed to drink those beers. And the scriptures that that man quoted during the day would continue to talk to me. I think there's, you know, sometimes we take it a stretch even saying that we're going to take somebody from a two to a three when, when there is a vast amount of souls all around us whose soul would cry out to God. There is a cry that cometh up to me. There is a cry that cometh up to me. And so when, when a, an empty soul comes into contact with a Holy Ghost-filled believer, I'm telling you, there is more that can happen by the simple opening of our mouth and making an expression that the soul of the person, I'm not talking about the mind or the intellect or, or needing to, you know, give a Bible study or quote scriptures. There is something that lives in the believer that when expressed is identified by the living soul. And I pushed that off as long as I could here tonight. Could we stand here for just a minute? Come on, that's what it is right there that every soul identifies with when it comes in contact with that. Come on, this is it. This is that. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And no man cometh except that spirit draws him. Draws him. Draws him to his maker. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's raise that to him right now, could we? Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, stir up the gift. That is the quickening. That is the quickening. That is that which lives. Come on. Alive unto God. Alive unto God. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. That which you have begun, you're able to perform it. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I pray let it remain stirred in us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. It's he that doeth the work. It's he that doeth the work. Hear his spirit that draws. You know, it's not like the, just the atmosphere. It's not like just the atmosphere around us, the, the wind blowing, the air, the trees, the sun. It's that spiritual expression that comes through a living being, you and I. It really is. If the Spirit of God is going to draw a man, I don't see it just like flying around and looking for people to draw. It has Holy Ghost filled. He has Holy Ghost filled vessels all over the earth. Don't ever underestimate that which will work through you, opening your mouth. Amen. God bless you, Elder Hart. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.